This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome to Thoughts on the Table, the audio blog on food and food culture. Paolo here with a new guest. My guest today is Giulia Scarpaleggia from Jules Kitchen. Hi, Giulia. Hi, hello everyone. Ciao. Ciao, good afternoon to you. Um, so, a uh, little backstory. Uh, I just discovered Julia recently, which is really strange. Uh, and I was very surprised because I found that she has a very important uh, presence. She has obviously a blog, a food blog filled with uh, authentic Italian recipes. So Julia is Italian, born and raised, and she lives in Tuscany where she was born. And uh, she writes, of course, about Tuscan cooking and Italian cooking in general with uh, you know, 100% fully Italian recipes with beautiful, beautiful pictures. Uh, she has a bilingual blog, which is, you know, uh, a good indication that her visitors are also Italian. So um, is a resource for, for Italians as well, which is, you know, a sign of authenticity. And obviously, like I was saying, she has huge following. Uh, she's approved by Tuscanicious, this official food blog of the Tuscany region. Uh, she was a contributor to Expo 15 under World Recipes. So definitely an important presence in Italy and in the world. So, Julia, first off, sorry, I talk a lot. Congratulations <laughs> on your career. That's really fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, um, I wanted to uh, ask you, so it all started in 2009, you were telling me, when you started the blog. How did you start the blog? What triggered it for you? So, um, I remember it was a cold night. It was February and I was searching for something to do. Because I've always loved cooking and uh, I was like taking photos of my food and writing down recipes on my notebook mm -hmm. uh, for years. And then after a while, after reading many blogs, I decided to start my food blog. It was the 2009. It was just for fun, uh, just to do something which was completely mine, uh, to do something I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, let's start a new food blog. And the day after, there was the first blog post online. Then from there, now it's the uh, seventh year. So it's the seventh year that I'm blogging about Tuscan food and I'm doing this in Italian and in English now. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and then you were telling me that in uh, 2011, uh, you turned your uh, passion, your blogging activity into a job. Um, you started contributing to uh, magazines. Um, you wrote your first cookbook and then you started a cooking school, is that right? Yeah, yeah. it was the, the end of the 2011 mm -hmm. when my job ended. It was, it was December and I knew that, I was expecting that. So instead of searching for a new job, I decided to try. I was still living with my parents, living with my family. Um, I didn't have a boyfriend at that time, so I was completely free to experiment with my future. So I decided for one year to give it a go. And Fantastic. I decided, okay, let's try. So I started um, doing cooking classes, promoting my cooking classes on my food blog. And I also had a few clients before uh, from magazines or companies. So I just started working for them, mm -hmm. okay. developing recipes, taking photos. And that first year was so important because basically I developed my skills and I, I took confidence to myself. And so now I'm here. Okay, great. So let's talk about the cooking classes since you mentioned it. Uh, obviously, um, an important part of what you do right now. And um, is that what Jules Kitchen Studio is about? Is that the name you gave to uh, your uh, cooking class? Yes, exactly. So mm -hmm. 
we decided to restore a garage that we have here downstairs to have a bigger kitchen where yeah. I can do my cooking classes and where I also organize uh, food photography workshops or food writing workshops. But right. our main activity now is teaching cooking classes. I say ours instead of mine mm -hmm. because now uh, it's one year now that my boyfriend is working with me, so we work together. Great. He moved here in the countryside and we restored together the garage and he's uh, a big help to promote cooking classes or the other workshops. Yeah, so yeah. my cooking classes, cooking classes are my, my main activity. Mm -hmm. uh, I do cooking classes throughout the year, but especially during the high season, which is from Easter, so it could be March or April, till end of October, November. I see. So we cook traditional Tuscan food, mm -hmm. something you could eat in a family on a Sunday meal. We go to the market together. We shop together, so we decide what to have. Uh, we buy seasonal vegetables, we buy the local cheese, we go to my butcher to buy meat, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we buy fish at the market. And then we come back home and we have three hours to cook together a whole menu. So we do an appetizer, a first course, which is usually a fresh pasta, mm -hmm. a main course, which is usually meat or fish, a side dish, and then the best part, we always do a dessert. How many people in one of those uh, workshops? Uh, it could be two people, like a couple in their mm -hmm. honeymoon, or sometimes uh, families, so there mm -hmm. could be four or five people. Okay. If there are large groups, sometimes we go to, to their villas, so they rent a villa and I go in their kitchen to teach my cooking class. Oh, fantastic. So you also do larger groups. Uh, yes. Sounds amazing. And then you said that uh, you had visits to a cheesemaker, to a microbrewery, you try to combine um, the cooking and the experiencing of those, uh, you know, productions uh, directly in the Italian territory, which is obviously amazing. Um, and I wonder, what is your audience for for the cooking class? Is it uh, mostly Italians, or you reach all over Europe and across the across the ocean? Well, it's ninety nine percent from Northern Europe and the oh. US. It's not from Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah? So my let's say mainly from the US. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Northern Europe, like uh, Holland or England or Germany, mm -hmm. Australia, and also New Zealand sometimes. Uh, once in a while it could be like uh, Singapore or Hong Kong, mm -hmm. but mainly from the US and from Northern Europe. I see, I see, I see. And okay, so I must ask you, you know, my blog is about how Italian food is, you know, translated sometimes incorrectly um, across the, <laughs> in the world. Um, and uh, I was wondering about this, you know, when somebody um, signs up for your classes in Italy, they may come over with some preconceptions about what Italian food is to them. So has it ever happened to you that somebody said, what, sorry, you don't put chicken on your pasta in Tuscany? <laughs> because you know Tuscan chicken pasta seems to be like a, like a national Italian dish if you ask anybody here. Well, um, I'm quite lucky for this mm -hmm. because when someone wants to sign for a cooking class, they are usually very curious about Italian food, yeah. so they know something about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm often asked about chicken parmigiana, and oh, I yes. have to explain that 
we don't do chicken parmesan at all. <laughs> it's eggplants or sometimes zucchini, but not at all chicken. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was actually researching this the other day because I, I came across, you know, a famous subs chain, which is this sandwich chain, um, which makes, you know, the new, um, it's called Italian sausage parmigiana. A sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I looked it up and yeah, in fact, it appears that Parmigiana became uh, completely something else outside of Italy. And, uh, and now it's like, you know, it's free for all. It's essentially a tomato sauce, which is really, really strange to me. So yes. <laughs> obviously, um, this is a perfect example of a dish that was taken out of context and it was generalized to being something something completely different. Let's remind everyone, yeah, exactly, what eggplant parmesan is in Italy. It's eggplant or zucchini, and uh, it's normally fried and then layered with tomato and parmigiano. So yes. this is really <laughs> what it is, and it's a fantastic dish from the south of Italy. It's not from Parma, as somebody may think, and, uh, uh, and it is really incredible. So if you haven't had the Italian one, try to find the original one and see where it all started and why it's such a successful dish, right? <laughs> Sorry, this is me again trying to campaign <laughs> for the cause <laughs> I believe in. Anyway, um, when, uh, we were talking about your class, obviously, um, and the fact that you have uh, a lot of foreign students um, so, yeah, again, congratulations on that. It's really good. Uh, uh, and I recommend anybody visiting Italy to um, to see if they can schedule that in to have a glimpse at how Italian dishes are put together from the market to the execution um, to the actually enjoying it at the table. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to experience a large part of Italian culture, which is dining and really food. Going back to your blog, uh, one thing that I noticed is that, um, you know, first off, your English is fantastic and your writing is very fresh and very creative, uh, very entertaining. Um, So I was wondering how can you keep it so fresh and spontaneous when clearly you're busy, you have classes, you have uh, so much going on uh, right now. Well, this is basically me. (laughs) Yes. Um, What I say is that I'm not saving the word, so I'm cooking. So this is why I keep everything so simple, because I'm just doing something very simple, which is cooking and feeding a family, uh, my family or my friends. And I talk about very simple food, which is Tuscan food, Mm -hmm. which is made with local ingredients, fresh ingredients. Uh, I talk a little bit about history, about my life here in Tuscany. But it's me. It's very, it's my life. So I'm not pretending to be someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is exactly what it's so so valuable. So you still are a blogger in the true essence of somebody who does it uh, for passion and shows themselves to to the public. And so, again, a fantastic work. Um, jumping a little bit back and forth, um, I saw from your blog that you also um, develop recipes. So I wanted to ask you, what is the creative process for you in terms of recipe development? Um, um, how does it work? So basically, I develop recipes which are traditional. So I'm not inventing something completely new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just take on tradition and seasonal ingredients. And so I try to pair ingredients which are on the market, mm-hmm. in the same moment. 
uh, I follow my experience. So what I've been eating since I was a child, and I just combine ingredients together. Um, then, you know, uh, you try the recipe and you try to see if it's working or not. You taste it. If you like it, then it's working. Otherwise, you have to work more on the recipe to let it work. Mm -hmm. um, for example, now I'm working on my fifth cookbook. Right. And I have uh, about 100 recipes in the book. Wow. <laughs> they are all from the tradition. Mm -hmm. But I have also 60 people testing all those recipes for me uh, to be sure that the recipes in the book will be working not just in my kitchen, but also in someone else's kitchen. And I think this is very important because when I develop a recipe, I can give something for granted mm -hmm. or um, I can assume something that for other people is not so, so easy. Right. So I have someone else, 60 people at the moment, that are trying those recipes to see if they will work once they are in print. It's fantastic. Can I sign up? <laughs> I'd love to be part of that group. That's a fantastic focus group. Um, I'll have a, have a first glimpse at new recipes that you, you're developing. So you're saying that you, you take uh, ingredients that are seasonal and then um, you, know, you combine them uh, according to the tradition, um, yes. but you, you try new combinations or new, um, new techniques and then you test them. Not only that the dish tastes good, but also that the execution is uh, the way you describe it, right? Yes, exactly. That's great. So um, again, it kind of shows to me um, the message that often I bring up in my podcast that, you know, um, we need to use tradition as our base, start from there, and then, you know, take it to the next level, elevate and, um, you know, introduce new ways to experience it, which are um, obviously always possible. Again, uh, looking forward to your new book. Um, you also have four more books already published. Is that right? Um, yes. I want to read the titles. The first one is um, Le Ricette di Mia Nonna, which was exactly. written in two languages already. Yes, English and Italian. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second one, which is I Love Toscana, it was English, Italian, uh, Dutch, Polish. And now uh, the big news, uh, it's in the process of being translated in Chinese. Oh, fantastic. Uh, then the third and fourth one are just in Italian. Okay. And the fifth one, I just fingers crossed it will be also in English. Oh, okay. Okay, fantastic. So again, um, amazing work, uh, Julia. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. It was a pleasure in getting to know you better. Um, of course, uh, you absolutely deserve a Canola Award. There's no <laughs> point in even mentioning that. Um, so I'm going to be adding you immediately to the list, of course. Thank um, you. <laughs> and uh, enjoying the, the group of... Um, people that I've come across who I consider ambassadors of Italian cooking in the world, so in the English language, presenting true continental Italian cuisine to kind of explain everybody what Italian food is really all about. So then when you go to Italy, you don't get disappointed because that's the worst part. <laughs> I heard people that say, well, I had pizza in Italy, didn't have anything on it. It seemed like, you know, like flatbread. Okay, yeah, that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> what well, it is, flatbread, really. But anyway, yeah, so that's my mission. So thanks so much for taking part of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Good luck with everything. And of course, let's keep in touch. Thank you. Okay. Thank Take you. Take care, Julian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.